Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit CelebrationChurchLive.com. Well, we are closing up our Connected series this week. Yes, we spent an entire month looking at the truth of how we are called to be connected together, that God has called us to be to flourish together. So if you've got your Bible app, if you've got the bulletin you found on your seat, and maybe you just got a, a notebook and you're just going to track along with us, we've led off with this idea all four weeks of this, that God created life to flourish when we're connected to others. Now, can you exist without being connected to others? Sure. Sure you can. Lots of people do it. But you will not step in and allow life to really flourish, really be what God created it and designed it and desires it to be for you if you don't allow him to connect you um, with the overall body of Christ, with people. And that is where we really begin to grow. And we've looked at this passage of scripture three times, and this is about to be the fourth time. So let's go ahead and revisit Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Where does this strengthening begin? It begins on the inside. That's why we talk about, say, giving God permission to transform us from the inside out. Why? Because the strength isn't external. God, pour your strength out on me. No, it's, Lord, I give you permission to get into the nitty-gritty of me, to get into the inside of me, to the, my thoughts, my motivations, See, the scriptures say that only God knows the thoughts and intents or the, the reasons and the motivations of the heart. We're pretty good at putting on a mask. We're pretty good at knowing what people expect and trying to present those expectations. But the internal world of us, um, it can be very, very different, which is why that's where God wants to start. He doesn't want to eventually get there. He wants to start there. And that's where the, his strength, his power is going to be in our inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that we can enjoy total communion and fellowship with God. So that it's not this in and out that we feel of our relationship. That things are good sometimes and things are bad sometimes. No, so that Christ can dwell. He can live. He can be a part of us. And we can be a part of him and recognize that. Be, be walking in awareness. But it doesn't stop there. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. We've said every time, love is the key to all of this. That because of being established in love, you may have power together. Now, we're going to have power in our inner being, but this says that it actually happens. There's like this linking up of batteries that all of a sudden things begin to help one another this, as we are connected together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Man, this isn't just one little snapshot of the love of God. How beautiful is it to be told God loves you? How beautiful is it to know God loves you? One of the transforming moments for me 
um, was I was um, going to ASU. Uh, praise God, I was raised in a home that honored God and, and took, a, took us all to, um, to me and my sisters to church, and, and that was just a part of it. I, I, had, I don't remember the first time I heard the name of Jesus or that Jesus loves me and, and, that, God, and that Christ died for me. I was just, there was just always there. But of course, like for all of us, at some point you, got, you have to believe it and you have to own it. And I was driving between Odessa and here in San Angelo going to ASU's my freshman year. And this sweet little song that if you grew up in church, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And I was driving in my old truck, 1980, Ford F-100, single cab, long bed, I cranked the windows down by hand. I was driving in that good old truck down the road, and all of a sudden, that song just bubbled up in my heart. And so I just began to sing. And I was not like living full on for Jesus in this moment. It wasn't because I had just come out of a great Bible study. It wasn't because uh, I was just living full on for Jesus. And this song just comes, and as those words come out of my mouth, an awareness, a growth of how deep and high and wide and long and amazing is the love of God. And, and all of a sudden, I just began to cry. And I'm driving down the road, and I'm just crying. And I finally, I'm crying so hard. I can't, it is unsafe for me to drive. And anybody that knows me, it takes a lot for me to decide driving's unsafe. And so, and so I, I pull over onto the, onto the shoulder and just finally just wept it all out. And, and in that moment, I was like, God, God, I want to understand that. I want to understand it, that, that yes, Jesus loves me. And that is, a, that is a huge statement, but it's so much bigger than you know. So much bigger than can be encapsulated into words. And this is why we need you and I together connected to be able to begin to grasp how high and deep and wide and long is the love of God. Why? Because it's something we grow in. It's something I'm still understanding. It's something I'm still discovering. Cutie and I, will, this next year, will enjoy 30 years of ministry together. That's crazy. Especially, it's wild because she's 27, so I don't know how we did that. And so, and, uh, but we're still discovering it. We're still growing in this truth. Why? Because verse 19, because we're going to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, then you will be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Why? Because it's not something you simply know. It's not something you can simply write down. It's something you experience. And as you and I share our experiences, how God's grace and love has come in, it begins to change everything. Part of that, that's the reason you're sitting in this seat right now. Okay? We have technology. You, know? um, you could get this service. It's being streamed right now, and, and then it'll be archived and it'll be on Facebook, and it'll be all kinds of things. And you can honestly, you can access this whenever you want it to, okay? The, those of you who are online right now, you chose to sit in front of it right now while it's streaming live. You made that decision on purpose. 
You made that decision on purpose. You could catch it whenever. There might be a more convenient time of the week, but you've, you've cleared your calendar and you've put here. Why? Because you recognize there's something special about a shared experience. It's not the data. It's not the information. Praise God, there's some information going to be presented. But it's not just that. It's the shared experience. It's being able to connect together. Then all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit resonates and you see a couple of other heads nodding, you're like, yep, I'm not the only one. You hear somebody from the back say, amen. You hear somebody ever say, yes. All of a sudden, you begin to grab a hold of that truth just a little deeper. All of a sudden, it's not just about what I have to say. It's the responses of your neighbors. It's the response of of your community connecting with what the Holy Spirit is doing together. That's why we still like to go to the movies. We still like to go to the movies. Why? Because of the shared experience. Folks, we got big old screens in our TV. I mean, in our TVs are big old screens in our living room. Everybody, all of us got one. We all have one. If you need to be, just scoot your couch up. I tell you, it'll be able to fill your whole vision. It'll do it. We don't need the big screen to get the big screen experience anymore. Why do we still go to the movies? Why do we do that? Because of shared experience. Why? Because a comedy is a little funnier. That a joke that made you smile and somebody else laugh out loud is just a little more enjoyable. Maybe a tense movie. You want to enjoy a tense movie, you take Brooklyn Clark to the movies with you. That girl responds to tense movies. She will climb the back of her chair. She will get all wadded up. She'll sit there and peek at it. She's like in it. And all of a sudden, you're like, do I watch the movie next to me or do I watch the movie right here? And so how does this, how does this go? And so because it just makes it, this shared experience makes it better. People, we pay lots of money to go and sit way up high in a stadium to be able to share the experience with that team that we cheer for in their victory. We want to be there in the moment. Why? Because it taps into the God-created thing where we flourish. Things are better. Every experience is better when it's shared. It's better when it's shared, and we have to make sure. And there's this constant pull. The enemy's at work and trying to get us to disconnect over and over and over again. See, God created your best you to exist in helping others and letting others help you. There's a lot of times we're, we're fine with being the one initiating and doing the helping, but we can have a hard time Letting somebody else pour into us. Somebody else help us. Somebody else speak into us. But the life flows in. Guess what? Every little cell needs blood flowing in and blood flowing out. Every cell needs it. We need to be able to connect well with one another. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, our school of ministry, we hit on this all the time. For we are God's handiwork. He is working his hands in our lives created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're not having to dream something up to do to impress God, okay? He's dreamed up a life for you. 
You don't have to dream up a life lived for him. He's dreamed up a life for you. You need to submit and step into and embrace the life he has for you. And guess what? In that, you're going to find he's decided your life matters. He's decided that your life counts in other people's lives. He's decided that. He's decided that somebody else is going to be blessed because he took the time, energy, effort to make you and breathe life into you. When you embrace that his life, his picture for you is the best thing. We're not here trying to to live some life for him. We're here to enjoy life in him. It completely changes everything. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, let's think about how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Why would we need to spur one another on? Why would we need to, other translations say, provoke, encourage, prod one another towards love and good deeds? Why? Because there is a drift away from love and doing things that actually make life better. There's a drift away from that. So you and I need to kind of be provoked to it. You and I need to be encouraged to do these different things. We need to be provoked to it. And then verse 25, not giving up meeting together. How on earth are we going to be this place where we encourage one another towards love and good deeds if we're not actually in one another's lives? The thing that makes us not be us is giving up meeting together. Giving up. And here's the thing. I love that the scriptures phrase it that way because that is where so many of us find ourselves. We get frustrated. We've already talked about that in the previous weeks. We're all hard to live with. We just are. We're all challenging. We step on each other's toes. We, we hurt each other's feelings. We, we forget each other even has feelings. We do, we do these things. And in that, it, it's, it's, it's hard. And the tendency is want to simply give up. Just give up. Just like, done, I'm done with this. But the scriptures tell us to to absolutely reject that inner tendency. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Okay, this isn't a 2023 problem. This isn't a current, messed up, post-Christian, Americanized church, consumerism-driven, self-oriented American Christianity problem. This was early church. This is a people problem. Okay? It's a people problem. Guess what? You know what they weren't doing? They weren't skipping church to binge watch something on Netflix. They weren't doing it, but they were still skipping out. They weren't skipping connecting in their home churches and in their small groups and, and having prayer times in one another so that they could go and do some sort of leisure activity. No, that somebody hurt their feelings. They got irritated at one another and they just, I'm out, I'm out. And it says to the point that some are actually in the habit of doing. 
It's not something that happens periodically. This is kind of the way things have gone. They're in the habit of doing. Instead, what are we going to do? But we're going to encourage one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? It's when Christ returns. As we keep our eye towards eternity, we need to recognize that we need to connect with one another more and more and more. Keeping our eye towards eternity isn't a reason to say, oh, I don't need this. Eventually, we're gonna, I'll, I'll be fine with you there. No, it's let God make us fine with one another here. But there are times where this thing where we just want to give up, we want to pull away, we want to disconnect. There are times where it feels like we've got really legitimate reasons to kind of push some people away. Like we've got really legitimate reasons. And one of the most beautiful moments um, I remember in this, um, years ago, early in our ministry, um, Cutie and I were at, the, at a church office where I served, and there a, was a, a motel across the way. And uh, there's this lady that walks across the way, and she is obviously distraught. She is, she is upset. And um, she comes in and, and approaches us as we're there. And, you know, opportunity, you know, you could have got in your car, could have left, and and she immediately, she zeroes in on Cutie, which was appropriate, as a female. And she zeroes in on Cutie and goes to Cutie and just says, will you pray for me? And of course, she's like, yeah, yes, I will. And you just tell, she was just disheveled. She was, life was not good. And then she, she just said, she said, I, I was assaulted last night. She said, I was, I was raped last night. Will you just pray for me? And so, and of course, Cutie just... Yes, yes, I'll pray for you. And immediately goes to lay hands on this lady. And this lady just saw that as an extension of an embrace. And so the lady just so heartbroken and, just so, and she just so open to any place of real, genuine, Christ-oriented affection, love and care. And just reaches up and just puts her arms around it, just bear hugs cutie. And she, and that was not what Cutie was anticipating. If you know my wife, she has a space bubble. She'll hold your hands and pray with you like this. That's great. And she just bear hugs. And right as Cutie goes to close her eyes to pray, she sees a major distraction. All of a sudden, she sees these bugs moving in this lady's hair right here. She just, these bugs are just moving in this lady's hair right here. She's hugging her. And right there, all of a sudden, that seems like a pretty good reason to push away. But the lady who was being attacked on the outside was being more attacked on the inside. And the only thing that was going to answer that was going to be an outpouring of the love and the grace of God. And my wife, who hates bugs, <laughs> hates bugs just closed her eyes and prayed over that lady and ministered to that lady and just said, God, you, you'll be my protector in this. And just allowed the love of God to pour out into this woman who so desperately needed. And she just began to bawl. And she just began to break down and the love of God poured into her. And then she, she you know, went and then she, cutie, let me know. She's like, the lady was far away. She's like, Brandon, as soon as I went to close my eyes, there was pugs in that piece of hair. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, wow, that's, 
that's terrible and beautiful at the same time. But there's this place where sometimes where we're called is uncomfortable. Where we're called to minister the brokenness, the pain, and all of a sudden we're like, no, I've got a good reason to not lean in next to you. I have a sanitary reason to not lean next to you. I've got a good reason to say, I'll pray for you from over here. My heart goes out to you. Out, way over there, out. And no, but there are times we've got to say, God, no, you've called us into the muck and the mire where you yourself went to pull us up. And we have to be willing to do that. And so many times we have our own little internal checklist. God, you can use me here, here, and here, but never here, never there, never there. And in that place, we're being alienated from our true calling and our true selves. At that time, if Cutie would have pushed that lady away, she wouldn't have been pushing the lady away. She'd have been pushing the call of God away. She'd have been pushing the anointing on her for that moment away. All of a sudden, it changed that God has called us to be able to minister and get out of our comfort zones and put us in uncomfortable places. See, as we let God lead us with his spirit, we'll see our true selves become more and more revealed. We're going to cover a big chunk of scripture right here. Please bear with me, and I'm going to look at it in a couple of translations. So let's, let's, I've got some reason here. Let's do this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. says, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one commandment. Everything that could ever be required of us, is, we'll follow this, it's fulfilled in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Even, I, I, we, we could get rid of every law if we all did this all the time. Even traffic laws. We would defer to one another at intersections. We would drive at reasonable rates. We wouldn't text and drive because we realized it's, it's dangerous. We were loving everyone around us all the time. We wouldn't need laws. We would be able to operate in, in, in a beautiful place of, of life. It says, if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, Walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What does the flesh want? For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit's going this way, the flesh is going that way. They're contrary, they're at odds, they're pulling and pushing against one another. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want to do. The Spirit isn't just say, yeah, do whatever you want to do. People think that, that a great, strong grace teaching, that grace is so big it lets you do whatever you want to do. No, it lets us finally step into actually doing what he's called us to do. Not out of fear of retribution or rejection or any of that because that's been handled. If I'm honoring God out of fear of hell, I'm selfish. I'm selfish. But because he's taking care of the hell thing for me, I can now honor God out of love. It changes the dynamic. Grace lets us actually operate the way we're called to operate. Where am I? Verse 18. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Okay, Sexual immorality, 
impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Man, a bunch of words we just really don't associate with ourselves too much. Just words we don't even use. When we use the word debauchery, witchcraft, when somebody casting spells and what are we doing? We, you know, this isn't us. We're, we're obviously not in the flesh. Hatred, discord. I don't even know. I don't even know that cord, let alone discord. Um, <laughs> jealousy, fits of rage. I get a little angry, but I don't throw a fit. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right. Well, thankfully, Eugene Peterson put this into some words I think may make a little more sense to us. Let's look at verse 19 again through the message translation. It says, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. You want to know what living according to the flesh is? It's you trying to get your own way all the time. Every time you get into a place of trying to get your own way, you are dancing with the flesh. You're dancing with it. All the time. So what does that look like? Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Yikes, this is starting to hit home. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled, and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you. You know, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. All of a sudden, the carnal side, the flesh side, starts to look a little more familiar in our lives. Starts to look like stuff we battle with and deal with and stumble over in our lives. But praise God, theirs is not just the end. Paul keeps writing. Paul keeps writing and let's keep going. Let's keep going. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have, been crucif have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So the answer to this is walking in the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to bring the fruit of the Spirit into our lives. Now let's just quickly look at them, okay? All of these things are revealed in our connection with each other. How do we know love? 
the relationships. Joy we can have personally. Peace. Usually, inner peace is a wonderful thing. Being at peace with yourself and God and allowing him to work in you and not have a, have a soul disrupted. But most peace we see is when revealed in one another. Patience. Constantly with each other. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Over and over again it's revealed as you and I connect with each other. And these common places of how we're going to respond. And we can respond in a kind of carnal way or we can respond as led by the Spirit. And then it will reveal if it's led by the Spirit or reveal the Spirit. I have two bins up here, okay? Um, and so I've got, uh, I've got the uh, things uh, been going bad and things been going good. So those, those are my bins. And so, and, uh, and so as we look at this, um, there's some places where, you know, there's a, every time you have an interaction with someone, um, they see you, but they don't see all of you. They don't see the complete you. That's why we don't get married on the first date, okay? You got to kind of get to know one another a little bit. And so, but they see you, but they don't see all of you, okay? And then how you respond to certain things will, will still reveal you, um, but it may not reveal an accurate you, okay? So as we see in that there's opportunities that, that things come at us from this place of the things have been going bad. And when we have... All of a sudden, we have uh, somebody that we should be caring for, but things have been rough. Things have been hard. Work was hard. Life was hard. Finances are hard. And somebody that I should be caring for, somebody that's in my life that I should be expressing some love for, I get so wrapped up in all of my own weight, all of my own pressures, not that I respond not in love. Through the Spirit should bring love. Well, we think the fruit, that the opposite of that is hate. But you know what's even worse than hate? Is indifference. Not even caring. Not even mattering. So all of a sudden now that things have been rough and things have been hard and I should respond. I should respond in a place that reveals love. But instead, all of a sudden I won't even give you the time of day. I won't even look. And then somebody says, no, uh, no, you wouldn't even look at me. You wouldn't even pay attention to me. I, that was you. Yeah, that was me. But it's not the complete me. But then things all of a sudden been going good. Things have been going good. And then we have something that happens in our lives that should reveal our hearts impact our heart. Something happens and we get something wonderful. We get some success, something amazing that should bring some joy. But instead, we don't do that and allow the Holy Spirit to come into that win. All of a sudden now, we begin to think we made the win. And all of a sudden now, because we think we made the win, this thing of joy, we all of a sudden begin to get fearful we're going to lose it. So something that should be pure joy all of a sudden begins to get a little fret, a little worry, a little anxiety. And that exists because we've made it our own and we've elevated ourselves and 
Man, I'm just messing this up. We've elevated ourselves. And pride comes in and messes it up. And then when that happens, then all of a sudden something bad happens in our lives. And the Holy Spirit, if we'd let him, would bring us peace. Let's bring peace into our hearts. And, but nope. We just turn everything upside down. Everything's a mess. Peace doesn't show up. Worry and anxiety shows up. And then we have a rough day. All of a sudden we're there. Barista gets our coffee drink wrong. Should be patient, but like this was going to be my little moment. Everything's gone wrong and you gave me three pumps. I asked for two pumps. This is too sweet. It's trash. And all of a sudden what should be revealed with our mouths. It is our mouth opening up, but it's not opening up in patience. It's, it's opening up in frustration. That's our mouth. But it's not revealing. It's not working. And then all of a sudden we get all of these different pieces of our lives. And instead of goodness, we open our mouths and there's rudeness. Our thoughts aren't thoughts of peace. You're like, nope, no, nope, that's, that's, that's my forehead. My big old forehead. That's my thought. But all of a sudden, you have different interactions and different things. You're like, yeah, that's, that was me. But it's not really revealing. It's not really revealing me. I look at each individual piece and it's there. and Even some pieces that just seem trivial. Like, what even is that? I don't even know what that is. Why does it even matter? And things don't line up correctly. All of a sudden, life comes at us and we just begin to respond out of a carnal nature. And every one of those responses is, yep, that's, you did it. You did it. You made the choice. I think I've got a pretty good picture of Brandon Clark. I think I've got a pretty good idea of what Brandon Clark is like and it is just a broken, messed up mess. And here's the problem with so many of us say, oh, nope, that was my mouth that did that. That was my brain that thought that. That was my heart that embraced that. Yep, that was my eye that lingered too long on that. Nope, that's me. That's me. I'm not proud of it. I don't like it. But that's me. And so many times just seeing our own selves in a broken way can just be so incredibly discouraging. Because every aspect we look at, it's like, yep, that, I was a part of that. I was a part of that. It's not another person. It was me. But there's an answer. See, the scriptures tell us to walk according to the Spirit. If we walk according to the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. All of a sudden now, we won't go in that direction. So then what we need 
Because we need the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to come in and allow some work to come into our lives. And then now, when something begins to come in and we begin to respond, we can now allow peace to come in. And we're like, no, I'm going to align with the Spirit of God. No. I'm going I'm to have a vision that he has for me. Now I'm going to begin to have the heart that he has for me. Now I'm going to begin to say what he says about me. my life and not respond even the little weird spots even the things I think are, don't matter and I'm going to align myself and allow the Holy Spirit to bring some understanding and some direction and now in following him and responding like him. There may still be some cracks. There may still be some places where I'm not as me as I should be. But now begin to see, nope, there's Brandon. When I, when I, said, when I let the love of God come through, when I let the joy of God come through, when I let the peace of God be a fruit in my life, when I believe that his gentleness and his kindness begin to be a fruit in my life, when I begin to line myself up with him, now the real me gets revealed. Yes, those broken pieces were me all along, but they weren't the real me. They weren't the aligned me. They weren't the renewed me. They weren't the adjusted me. That all of a sudden now the real me gets revealed in all of this. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces, fully revealed faces, think about the Lord's glory, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Our bottom line today is this, that revealing Christ to others reveals you. When you let him be revealed, you reveal him. It reveals the real you. 
Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.